Just press say hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Circle of Dads, the space for sharing stories about the struggles and triumphs of fatherhood and learning to become better men. Hey guys, welcome back to the Circle of Dads podcast. This is your show producer, Trent Jones. Um, I've been behind the scenes up until now, but just wanted to drop in and give you a quick intro to this episode. So last week we had Corey Proctor on the show. Awesome dude. He's an ex-NFL player, um, evangelist, speaker, uh, just an all-around great guy. And it was so nice, we wanted to run it twice. No, today is part two of that conversation. It was such a good conversation. We didn't want to leave anything out. So here's part two. If you haven't listened to part one, go to iTunes, look at episode number four with Corey Proctor and give that a listen and then come on over and join us here. All right, let's get to the show. Thanks. We were talking about earlier, you know, you're always learning. Well, that's amazing. Like my ego is so big. I don't ever need to know <laughs> that I know everything. Like I need to be humbled right. a lot. And, and I've, I've had some very humbling, uh, moments in my life that, that have, <laughs> that have created pause in other moments. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, there's, and there's good ways to do that practically. Like if you're, you know, you're looking at a way and nobody ever thinks that they're out of line, I guess, in their own mind. But you know, if you have, Somebody, or maybe you're there in that spot where you have all the answers, or you're not sure, or you're kind of correcting everybody all the time. A good good way to get some humility or perspective is to go sit, try to have a sit down with somebody who's a step above you or ten steps above you. You know, if I got a chance to, I'm in the speaking world. If I had a chance to sit down with Tony Robbins and hear that guy's insight on his career. Better believe I'm going to listen and write it. Yeah, write it all down. Taking notes. Taking notes. Because um, that's going to be somebody who has influence in my life. And the, the cool thing I, I, I thought of when you were talking about uh, making sure somebody knows they're out of line or, or they know that whatever, that you know, I'm trying to watch their back. Um, we're not always right in that respect either. Like you're talking about it's easy to have that. So the good, kind of a, a good um, order of tactics or actions to take in that moment is you always go to your, if you have a problem with your brother, you go to him first, mm-hmm. right? You don't text to him. You don't do that. You call him or you go to him. If you can go in person, that's the best way to do it. But you go in person. If he doesn't lift, listen to you, grab another brother that he respects. You take him. Still doesn't happen. That's when you grab a company of people and you still, so the more people and they might reject it and that's not good. And it's not tough. That's tough. But like that's traditionally, that's a way to be. If you want to get like, look, you have all these people who disagree with this choice you're making right now. Like these are people you love and respect and you value their values. So like that's, it's kind of like if, if, if anybody's wondering how to help a person in that respect, go to another, find counsel, right? And get their thought process on it. And if, and if they're still, it's still cloudy, grab more. And now you don't want too many cooks in the kitchen, but grab more. Get insight for yourself. Take it to the person, and and kind of 
you know, those are some initial steps you can really take to try to try to solve some issues if you have some popping up. But uh, but it's it's a big deal, man. You want to find the council, but find the right council. Uh, we were talking about that before the before the podcast. Um, it was just it's easy to find somebody because when something goes wrong in your life, a lot of times two or three people will pop up that want to get in the ring and just bitch with you. <laughs> Those are not the people to be around. <laughs> like, get, okay, give me give me an hour, give me a day tops. Right. On that. And throw a fit. Get yeah. over it. All right. What's our now that we've complained long enough about this? What's our mode of action? Get out of the problem. Get in the solution. Right. Like we can sit here and, and, you know, I've heard guys say, don't just sit in your shit. Don't just marinate in it. You know what I mean? Like get out of the trash. You go like you want to get out of the problem. What's your, you know, figure out what the problem is and then move on to the solution. But you can't figure out what the problem is without having either the, uh, the ability to look at your part and to do that inventory on it or to have those friends around you to be like, well, it's because you're an asshole. <laughs> but, you know, I always, <laughs> yeah, I've always heard if you run into five assholes in one day, you're the asshole. Yeah. That's like, I just, yes. I told somebody else the other, the other day. How'd that go? Am I, <laughs> like, I'm just running into assholes all day long. I'm like, well, you're the guy. You're, you're the common denominator, bro. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Like with, with telling people, um, and my wife, you know, that's that sweet woman, you know, it taught me, God, I love that woman. God, I love that woman. She just, I mean, just even when I think about her, I just smile, you know, she'll say, you know, cause she knows how I am. Yeah. Cause I'll, I'm like, I, I'll tell people the truth. I'm not allowed or I, I don't allow myself to use honesty as a weapon anymore, but I don't lie. If you ask me, I'm going to tell you that's just. That's something I live by because I'm not going to allow you to be insincere. Right. That's disservice as a man. I'm, I'm being a, a disservice to you as a friend. Yeah. Um, but she'll say, before you say anything, just ask yourself, does it need to be said? Does it need to be said right now? Does it need to be said right now by me? And is it kind? Mm. And you know, I can glaze over a couple of those. Yeah. Like, so do I get like two out of three and I'm good <laughs> if, if I meet three of them, you know, and, and that that will keep me in check with a lot of people. And I and after the fact, I'll go over. I'm like, damn, nope, that wasn't I wasn't the guy. Yeah. And you know, I have to go back and eat crow and like apologize for some of the stuff I've said because I didn't check in like that. Um, that was a little off topic. but That was just something that popped into my head. It's it's good. Well, I mean, that's the eyes that you don't have right there. And it's, um, I mean, it's, I've done, we, you got to think about it, like what's why you're there is important, but how you roll it out is just as important. Right. I, I mean, I look, I want to make a million dollars, but I'm not going to go steal it from the bank. Right. So my how's got to be just as important as my why. So mm-hmm. delivering a message has to be the same too. So I'm like, why am I here? Okay. Now, how am I going to do that? So if I'm going to, if I got a problem with you or anybody, I'm like, all right, I know my problem. That's my why. How am I going to deliver this news? And that, look, it's not a spend a week thinking about it, but have, you know, have some thought that goes towards it. Yeah. And just know that I'm like, all right, if I see you acting a fool in a situation, maybe your wife's there, you're acting like a jerk to your wife. I don't sit there and announce it to the whole party that's in the room. All right. I grab you. Hey man, let's go grab a drink. Come here. Yeah. We got to talk, you know, and I take you away. 
and then I share my problem with you. And then it's a little more respectful. Like, look, I don't want to have this in front of everybody. Yeah, praise in public, uh, uh, criticize in private. Right. That, I mean, that just works with everyone. Yeah. Your wife. Well, you shouldn't criticize your wife. But, like, <laughs> you know, your kids, your employees, your friends. I mean, you don't want to braid anybody. You don't want to embarrass anybody. Yeah. Because it's just going to instantly put mud in that water, and they're not going to hear you. Yeah. So that's a good ta- uh, tactic. Yeah. So that's, but that's, yeah. No, that's. It's viable. It's real. What you're bringing up, and you're, which uh, it was Marty was your wife, right? Yeah, yeah. And her uh, is is, is oh, yeah, I'm sorry, is your wife? Yes. <laughs> I was still thinking like past tense from sure, when sure. We, we were talking before, but uh, uh, but yeah, but that's that stuff is is important. We need that. And you just take it in. It's absorbed into your whole decision. It's it's not is your whole decision, but it's absorbed into it. So I'm like, so they know they have a piece. And all this stuff that we we're talking about. Um, you know, it's obviously just our opinion mm-hmm. that we've seen works. I mean, clearly we, we have the same, like we're like-minded in that, in that aspect, but your kids see that. Yeah. They see that. They see how you interact with other people. They see how you treat your fellow man. They see how you treat people that are in a bad place. And that teaches them to be basically good human beings, you know? And so the, the more you work on yourself, the more emotional health that you work on, the, the better that your the better your children are going to be because of it, because they see you modeling that. It, um, I always think you can't lead where you're not willing to go. Oh yeah. Right. So a lot of people don't get this though. Like, I think I got the answer for my kid. I got the answer for this person. So I need to throw that up on you. But as soon as you, a lot of, a lot of people have this, right. But as soon as I ask that person, are they willing to walk that same path? Like, well, I, I, got, I don't have time for that. I got my job. You don't understand. It's different. Yeah. You know, it's, it's different for me. It's, that's not my thing. Well, they're not, don't expect them to do it then. Yeah. I mean, it's, you walk the path, you make the influence happen, and watch them follow you. You make the invitation, right? Leaders make the ask, but leaders take the first step. We don't push to lead. We lead right. from the front. You exactly. pull. You pull everybody along with you. Right. And I mean, it's really without effort. You just keep trudging that that road, trudging, trudging that road, and they're going to follow. Yeah. If they want what you have, they're going to follow. They, I mean, that's you know what that's that's a good thing too for anybody who's listening. We're kind of circling around marriage for the most part, but uh, I mean, the whole family aspect. I mean, that's your friends. See who you like to hang out with. Who's passionate? Who has like some drive and some purpose in their life, or they look like they have it together. Right when we know some things are under the under uh, under the surface, they all, everybody's got problems. But like, who's something somebody you kind of aspire to be like, and then go talk to them and say, what are you, what are you doing? What's lean into that person a little bit? What's, Absolutely. What's about you? You yeah. know, and then they'll share some of those values. I'm like, I don't have it all together, but you you know, but you better believe I'm going to try to preach strength and power into my family as much as I can, because I want them to be, and I'm going to act like that as much as I can. So, so they can be themselves. And so you'll start, when you start talking to those people, you'll start lighting up some of your own vision. And so you start forecasting or you start casting some of that vision in your own life. You get excited. That passion is, is ignited and you'll watch when you start walking towards that vision, people will follow you, including your family. And so what's funny is, is, um, you know, so I want that very much for, we were talking about this before the podcast. We could add a whole, one, a whole another one before, but uh, um, something 
that I do big time since we got into a faith is that's just kind of lit up to me sure. big time was um, the power of the tongue. Life and death mm-hmm. is in that. And you can either build people up and give them life and, and prop them and power them and do all these awesome things, or you can be a pit of hell for them and tear them down. And I don't know about you, but I've had enough people try to tear me down that I got sick of it yeah. at some point. That's probably why I started fighting back. <laughs> yeah. Because I want other people to fight up. And so a big thing uh, for us is uh, we like to speak power into our daughter. Yeah. And into my wife too. And I, I should do it more than I actually do right now. But I'm like, tell her how beautiful she is and how strong and loving a mom and wife she is and how much a pillar of, of strength she is to our family. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times, at night or just various times throughout the day when uh, with our daughter, I like to sit here and tell her, her name's Grace. I'm like, you are strong, powerful, you're beautiful, you're smart. And just fill her through all these different words that are, are just kind of convicting and kind of like putting into her spirit. And the coolest thing was, this is that happened. I shared this before we started, but um, I had my shoulder worked on about six weeks ago. And I just got a scope, nothing crazy, but I'm waking up from surgery and I'm in the, in the hospital bed and Grace, our baby girl, she's three right now. She wanted to lay in the bed with me. And so she's laying in the bed with me and she's just watching me and I'm kind of in and out and groggy, but she like leans in and whispers to me. She gets, she's like, dad, dad, you're so strong. And just like shot to the heart right there. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and immediately I'm sitting there thinking like, when I'm pouring into my daughter, she starts pouring into me, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, how, how incredible is that? Cause she's going to do that to somebody else one day. Mm-hmm. And you, and she's doing it to her own father. And like, all of a sudden now, now we're st- that in that moment, like the cycle of our own family is building each other up. So now we can walk outside of the house and we can swing the bat however we want to swing it because I, I don't care if you turn me down on 10 times out of 10 because I'm going to walk to the next place and know that I'm strong because of the family and the foundation that I'm walking out of. I'm like, I'm like that hits me, man. That's, that's powerful stuff. That is success. Yeah. <clears throat> that is wealth. That is what we are here for, to build each other up. And you, and and the fact that you've done that with your daughter so much that she is now, and I don't want to say parroting it because it's not that. No. She is, she is modeling that. She is being that. She saw that you were in a place of that physically, obviously, you weren't 100%, yeah. which probably brought her a lot of fear, a lot of worry, a lot of anxiety. No matter how much you said, you know, baby girl, it's just it's no big deal. They're just going to fix my shoulder. I'm just pretty <laughs> beat up. That, that's a lot yeah. for the child. Her reaction to that was, I want to lay next to him and build him up. I mean, that is being a successful father. Yeah. Because if you put in words of criticism and hate and ugliness, that's what she's going to model. Yeah. But you don't do that. So you fill her with love and goodness and strength. And that's what she's bringing into the world, just like you said. And what's even, what's even greater about that is... As she gets older and um, starts to date, you know, the, the, whole, the whole story about, well, I'm going to be cleaning my guns and doing this and that. Like, <laughs> I don't really do that 
I don't really buy into that with my daughter because I'm going to do everything I can do now that when she starts to date, she will know, no, this is not the guy. I'm not bringing him anywhere near my dad or myself. And then when she becomes a wife she and she sees her husband struggling, she will pour that into him. And when she has a son, she will build him up. And that cycle will continue. And it all started with you doing that to her. So, I mean, we may think that we're insignificant in that we don't have a certain lot in life or, you know, we, we've we gone too far and there's no point in trying or anything like that with our with our children or our legacy. It, you, you can start at any moment, yeah. at any moment, and, and just continue and just be consistent. And don't tell them you're going to do it. Just do it. Yeah. And, and they will start to know that that's the norm. It doesn't matter if they're three or 30. And I, I mean, just, just knowing you now and um, um, just hearing that made me, makes me proud to be an acquaintance of you and to have you on. And so just that makes me know that I made the right choice to ask you to come on the show. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's, uh, it, yeah, it's strong. I mean, that hits, it's, it's crazy how things hit me so much more than they did growing up. And that's, you know, that's part of maturity too. But, uh, but I want that for other people. Oh, yeah. So bad. I'm like, I, I want people to be strong. To people just, I'm like, that was a big thing that I saw that kind of became more and more apparent was the lack of confidence in people. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that comes from the identification, right? Portion is, okay, we don't know what's happening, so we just kind of meander through not knowing and guessing on a lot of things. Well, okay, part of that's true, but um, if I know for certain uh, about certain things, I, I, I know I'm a, I'm a son of Almighty, adopted son all my you know mm -hmm. i was created for strength i was not created for weakness um, if i know those things i know my daughter was made for that same thing i know my wife was made for that same thing that means if a thought comes into my head that they're being weak in a moment then i better be there to build them up not to tear them further down and to kick that truck to the curb, <laughs> you yeah. know? So I'm like, I want to be that for other people. Cause so many times we're like, we're, because in that question place, because that lack of confidence, we just stick to the status quo nine to five. That's why there's a 1% in every category. And I'm like, no, we can be better than that, man. I'm we like, make our own rules. Right. So it's, I'm like, I'm like, I, I want to build people. I'm like, I had such a cool interaction this last weekend. Uh, a bunch of us, I, I did, I climbed Kilimanjaro and helped raise some money to build some wells over in Africa with a group called Water Boys. And uh, Chris Long, uh, Howie Long's son, uh, he's, he's won back-to-back -back Super Bowls last year with the uh, Eagles and then the year before with the Patriots. And uh, uh, got to hang out with all these guys. We had a big reunion from the last two years Yeah, uh, up at uh, Chris's farmhouse in Virginia. And one of the guys I met was Justin Wren, who's a UFC fighter. And he was, he was on the 10th season of uh, Ultimate Warrior, something like that on TV, a reality TV show. And, uh, but he has, he's raised here in Dallas and a big guy, but had a lot of bullying on him growing up. Didn't know how to handle it. And he had uh, uh, kids telling him he needed to kill himself and some crazy extreme stuff, but 
the stuff that we're actually seeing today, right? So it's it's prevalent. And so anyways, but he he grew up, he he took the wrestling and eventually took the fighting. That's what he loved to do. And he's and his stories are crazy. I rolled through 12 chapters of his book um Fight Fight for the Forgotten is his book on the airplane back on the ride back. But this guy's story is crazy. He comes from bullying, but ultimately from that comes to this place where he wants to be this massive protector. And now he's this dude who knows how to throw fists yeah. like crazy and has won a lot of matches and can submit some crazy people to uh, getting this vision. And now he's fighting for the Pygmy tribe over in the Congo and Africa. And it's like, and he has his own accounts of, of crazy stuff, but he's in this, and it's so cool because they like mine, man, those kindred spirits where you feel someone else's pain. Hmm. Because you've had your own walk with it, but when you start getting that empathy and you feel there other, other people's pain, you want to fight. Doesn't mean you take on every single problem. Yeah, but because it's not yours, right? But you have a fight, a different kind of fight for you that lights up other people, and that's leadership. Leadership is influence, pure and simple. And like that's what I want to do. That's what I love seeing. I love grabbing the guys like that who have that fighter mentality. They have a bigger purpose in their mind. They want to lift other people up and, w- and want to make sure that you get to a good place. Yeah. You know, and then we're held accountable within it. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. And that's a lot of it. That's what's going on in my speaking. <laughs> so it's just, um, you know, I, I love these conversations because they're important. This revs me up more to go grab my wife and give her a big old fat kiss and do the same with my daughter. Yeah. You know, so it's just gets me jacked up, man. <laughs> Well, and, and you talk about being around like-minded people, the, uh, you know, going back, kind of circling back to the, how, the, who we surround ourselves with, you know, you were talking about finding people that like, if you sat down with Tony Robbins, right. One thing I was thinking about, and I kind of bounced back to it is if you have that opportunity and you don't think you have anything to learn, then you're not the guy that needs to be sitting there. You know what I'm saying? Dang. Don't, don't, yeah. waste, don't waste the space. Right. Um, I've got a buddy who likes to say, don't fake the funk. You know, he's, <laughs> he's, uh, fake uh the funk. yeah. And, uh, my, uh, Cody's got all kinds of great little sayings like that. Some of his analogies take long and I'm like, Hey, all right, let's wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> right. I got to take notes to get through this. But you know, um, one thing that I suggest to guys is, is always try to improve because you're the sum total of the five people you hang around. Right. Right. So if you're hanging around with guys that aren't doing that are up to dirty deeds, chances are you're going to do the same. You don't want to be the ones that's bringing everybody else up. You want to be around people that you're kind of, you're not at the top. Right. And so I'll actually seek out people. If I see somebody and, and, and if you want what they have, it's not necessarily like be mindful of looking out for, well, he has a big house and a beautiful wife and all this stuff. I want that. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to hang out with him so he'll 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 show me the magic recipe and then I'll have those things. Look for the guy that is living the life he wants to live and loves everything he has. He wants everything he has. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he's 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 authentic and he's purpose driven and he's serving a higher power whatever that looks like. And and go after those guys. You know, because if you go after the material things or, or just what's on the outside, you know, just the things that you can see, I think you're going to end up selling yourself short. It, um, I've seen that too. I sure. mean, everybody wants money. It's nice. It's I want a tool, money. Though. It's cool. Right. It's a tool. 
it's a side effect of what else you bring to the table. Um, you know, but I've, I've gone down that road where I've, I've had, you know, fortunate, lucky to have a lot of perspectives in my life and a lot of wealthy perspectives. Sure. And uh, a, uh, probably the reigning majority have been fantastic and were able to give something to me that I could learn and try to apply to my life. Um, but I've had those wealthy guys, too, that I've stepped into their house, and it's a disaster. Mm. And it's like, you. so the answer is not in the money. Money helps alleviate, for sure, some things, but that's not, when that's the focus, that becomes a dividing factor. Uh, but I've been with those, in those wealthy houses, man, where guys just like, it's, it's, marriage is, is, is gone. His kids are little brats. And it's empty and cold. Yeah. And he, you can see the empty soul in the guy, too. Yeah. And, uh, and that stuff is crazy. I mean, that's, that's a cancer, man. You don't want that. I'm like, I'd much rather be rolling around in the dirt and the mud with my family, happy as can be, than up in the penthouse cheating on my wife. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Right? I mean, it is lonely up there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just. I'm like, come on, man. Where's where? That's having some balls. Oh yeah, that's being authentic, 100 authentic where you're at. Yeah, and enjoying it and wearing it with honor. Yeah, you know. I mean, this is this is who we are. Yeah, this is where we're at right now. And what you'll find is, uh, in my opinion, and I wanted to clarify just so when people hear me say I want what they have, I'm not talking about the money right. or the material things. You know. Um. If you're living that authentic life and you're being yourself and you're being true and you're treating people correctly and you're living a life of service and in and, and a higher calling, you are going to have people in your life that will gladly, without question, wallow in the mud with you and not bring you down because of it. No like problem. my wife has ridden such a wave with me in owning my own business and has never said a word, not a single word. You know what I mean? Because... I'm self-employed, and and there's been years where you know at the end of the year we get our taxes, the they they hand me the P and L, and I'm like, I, yeah, this is a lie. Yeah, I don't know where this went, but it, we didn't take it home, yeah. you know. And and she's just she's been there at my side, just a constant solid force. And if you if you if you seek out women like that or partners like that, you know, uh, friends like that, then then you were going to always, um, you're always going to have uh, support. You're always going to have people building you up. And the only way that you do that is is you, by you yourself emulating that. Right. You build people up and yeah. you be solid. You know, I, I would have guys say, well, my wife doesn't do this and she doesn't do this and she doesn't do this. She doesn't do this. And blah, 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 blah. I'm like, all right, well, why don't you write down the 10 traits that you wish your wife would have, you know? And they come back and they, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like physical traits. I'm talking about the traits, you yeah. know, loving, understanding, whatever it may be, kind. And it's like, all right, when you're all 10 of those, you can say something to her about it. Now go do those. Yeah, go right? do those things. When you yourself emulate those qualities, yeah. then you might be able to suggest that she work on her stuff. Right. Or you could just start working on yourself and watch everybody else kind of follow along. What? Lead them in that. Lead from the front. Don't complain and try to shove them into it. They're gonna dis- they're gonna resent you for it, right? Yeah. Don't. But yeah, lead from the front. <sighs> can't say she. We you know a typical thing for us is like I love I can't stand dishes in the sink, <laughs> so so that drives me wild. So I'm always doing the dishes, right? Um, but anytime I bring it up, I'm like, babe, 
can we put our dishes in the dishwasher, please? And like, it's super simple. And she knows it affects me. Um, but she respects it and she does it. And, and we get, and it, like, it's up and down. It's not perfect all the time, but I'm never going to raise my voice to her about it. No. You know, and it's not, it's just because something as small as that is not deserving of anything crazy out of hand. And so, but anyways, but I'm going to do the dishes because I like a clean house. Yes. (laughs) And there's nothing like you talk about the dishes. My wife hates doing the dishes, Yeah, but she cooks 99% of the 99.99% of the meals. (laughs) She loves to cook. She's a way better cook than I am. Uh And um, so I do the dishes. She expressed to me that she doesn't like doing the dishes. Neither one of us like a dirty house. Uh, We don't like having dishes in the sink. So I do the dishes. She cooks. I clean. You know, and, and, and that's a perfect harmony. Like, we have that balance. Uh, you know, in those acts of service, she knows there's certain things that just just get under my skin. And, and typically, it's always from, like, like for me, it's like childhood stuff. Like, if counters or uh, cabinets are left open or the oh. drawers are pulled out halfway, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the hell? Like, you just keep pushing it. Yeah. You know? Um, and she used to just, I was like, are you a superhero? Like, did you have to leave in such a, like, <laughs> such a rush to go save a baby that you couldn't shut the door? Yeah. You know, so like, uh, but now, and there was fights over that. There was like, we've only had a couple of fights. And one of them, that was not what caused the fight. Me not being able to communicate caused the fight. Right. That was just the final match that lit all the hay on fire. Um, but now she does it. You know, she, she just makes an effort. She doesn't like doing dishes, doesn't like seeing them, so I make an effort. And even if I don't want to, I'll do the dishes. I hear guys talk about, um, and this is kind of a cliche, but you hear it a lot, guys that complain about not getting laid. Yeah, yeah. My wife never does this, she never does that, she's never in the mood, she's always got a headache. It's like, when was the last time you did the dishes, bro? You know, because I I could come home with a Rolex. Mm. And my wife would first be like, what'd you buy and trade to get that? (laughs) But she... um, She'd be like grateful, right? You know, thank you. But if I'm doing the dishes when she gets home, it's a completely different reaction. Yeah, I mean, she's super grateful, super happy. I mean, that's just that's her love language. Yeah, it um, it's yeah. You got to look at like what you're pouring into your wife, and like, look, hey, I could get it ten times a week and love it. That would be awesome. Sure, right? But that's not how she functions either. So, I mean, I got to understand. You know, how, how can I serve her to want to turn her on to a point to get to that? Yeah. Right. And, uh, and it's, it's, um, what the heck we even had a talk with the doctor one time. He was, he was like, man, they need a, um, if they had a libido pill for, <laughs> for women, they'd make a million, million bucks off this thing or make it would be huge. But, uh, but a million dollars, one million dollars. I'm like, that's nothing. <laughs> some, <laughs> some companies, but, uh, but, it, you know, but the reality is, is how you're pouring into your wife. You know, are you something that gives a ton of love or that makes her want you? Yeah. You know, I mean, it, that's what's what's crazy. But, it's, yeah, everybody, every guy could have more typically. But you know, what effort is there? This is not picking somebody up at the bar. Yeah. You know, this is someone you're doing life with. that You're you're wanting something more out of that relationship, out of sex. And so I'm like, if that sex is supposed to mean for not just a bang, what don't you think something more has to go into it beforehand? It has to have a lot more depth. Yeah. Um, 
and that's that emotional safety. Because they're, I mean, you can't just send them a dick pic. I talked about that on my last episode <laughs> with my buddy Cody. Yeah. Like they're not visual like that no. from what I understand. <laughs> and um, they're just not going to pick up like we do. If, if, I mean, if somebody sends me a dick pic, I'm not going to like that either. But you know I mean? Punch my phone. Yeah. No. <laughs> Why didn't you give me a warning? <laughs> um, but if she sends me pictures or if I see her where, you know, I mean, I, I'm, that's, that fires it off for me. Yeah. You know, but like with her, it's, it's, it doesn't. And I think a lot of guys will be like, don't you find me attractive? You know, and, and don't you, why don't you look at me like that? And why don't you do this? And because it's not the same. We're not wired the same. We look through, they look through a different set of glasses, a different lens, different set of eyes. And so if you're not showing up for them emotionally, then you're not going to meet that need for them. And that's ultimately what we're trying to do for our spouses. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but we want to meet each other's needs. Yeah. Be of service to one another. How about, how about this? And tell me, you know, not everybody's the same. I know this, but have you, you've had the guys we on the spot, the visual. Yeah. I'm like, I'm ready to go. Right. right right? How many times has your wife, and this is to anybody listening, but like how many times has your wife has actually said, uh, what are you doing tonight? And gives you the look. Uh, and, and all of a sudden it's a planned event and not just let's get after it right now. Yeah. Right. And, and we've had those times where she surprised us or my wife has anyways. She's like, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, uh, you let's what, go. Whatever baby. you have planned. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but think about what happened what preceded that? Yeah. You know, was it some sort of, that's exactly doing the dishes. Were you cleaning? Sex start in the kitchen. That's a book. Yeah. Um, was it, you know, some sort of service that led to that? You didn't even realize you were doing. And, but I'm like, that's, I'm like, catch those moments where that's a surprise and try to deconstruct what led to that moment. It might've been you mowed her mother's lawn. Right. It may very well have been something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you show up for, for the family like that, for her mom or whoever, and, or, you know, helped her sister out or, or did something like that, that she thought he is my protector. He protects everything I love. Then she's going to react in a way that you will find advantageous. Yeah. Advantageous. advantageous. Yes. yes. <laughs> I was like licking some, <laughs> trying to take a, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's how it, like with my wife, I, um, and that doesn't mean that I do those things for those for that reaction. I'll take it. <laughs> it's, it's it's great, right? I'm I'm happy for it, but it's it's you know I I just uh, man I I just love being of service to her and to everyone she loves because I know what that makes her feel like, and then that makes me feel like I am meeting needs, bringing value, and being of service to my wife, and I love that, yeah. and 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 because that makes me feel like less of an asshole for ten minutes. Then I want to take it. Yeah, the little wins count. Huge. Even the ugly wins count. Yeah, I got take a buddy. <laughs> yeah, I got a buddy that tells me that. Well, brother, let's wrap this up. I got a couple questions I wanted to ask you real quick. Let's All shoot right. through these. Let's see here. So, can you think of a time that you may have let down your family? Really showed your ass. Um, you don't have to get into specifics. No, it's good. You know, there's probably plenty. That uh, the one that I I thought of we kind of uh, uh, preempted this a little bit, but like the one big one that I think of is was at the beginning of our, our relationship 
Megan and I. And, um, you know, I was, I was, uh, with the Cowboys at the time mm-hmm. and I was single having a good time. And, you know, when somebody starts dating, it's not like you just throw away the black book right away. Right. And so what had happened with us is we were dating and ended up moving in together. I knew she was different, but I still had all the same lines of communication. Right. <laughs> and uh, all, all, she had caught a couple of messages that had come in from other girls. And what ended up happening, she distraught enough where she was going to leave. Like I came home from practice and I didn't even realize what was happening, but she had a bag packed and she was getting ready to get out. Where are you going, baby? Yeah. <laughs> Went on a trip? And realized that she fell on some messages that had come through on my computer. And um, I had to own up to that. Hmm. And because I knew she was a game changer and she was worth, one, asking to live with me, mm-hmm. ultimately to go to marriage, um, I knew that I had to act in a certain and a different way. And I couldn't be offended by anything, any other sort of presumptuous actions. Right. So because I, I wanted that, I'm like, I had to fess up to nothing. I didn't cheat on her nothing, but like, but it was bad stuff that was coming towards me, right? I didn't throw away the black book. These other women were still pursuing me. So I cut off and I was, because she was worth it to me, I cut off everything else. Yeah. So I changed my phone number. Got rid of MySpace at the time. MySpace. <laughs> I remember. Got rid of that. I, I changed my email and I changed everything. So I said, I don't care about them. I care about you. And she will, she will recount. She goes, in that, then the only reason I was willing to stay and listen to you was because you were willing to do all that stuff. And not just lip service. No, baby, baby, it'll never happen again. Yeah. Like you, 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 and that was the second, the follow-up question is how did you overcome that and how did you get past that? So that was a lot of owning my own mud essentially. And so what's kind of, what came past that, that was a level of trust that I had to gain back, which is a long road. Humbling road. Yes. And what a lot of guys, they get mad because we're so instant a lot of times is, you know, why, you know, why aren't you? How could you still feel like this? I've proven that I've loved you. I've done these things. I've changed my phone. I've done all these, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden I turn it where it's a manipulation and I turn it on you or on the spouse in that situation when it was my problem, right? And I'm like, you shouldn't feel like that. When I created that feeling, which was the deal. So in the years past, even after I proposed and got married, there were times that come up where she would ask. The devil would be working on her. Enemy would be working on her. Or whatever would happen, but she would get a thought and she would ask me, like, are you telling me the truth on everything? And I would say yes, without a doubt. And I'd hand her my phone. So you can look through everything on here. No problem. That's a big thing. Yeah. How many of you guys would hand your woman your phone? No, no issue. Exactly. Only pictures they're going to find on there of other, or of women are of my wife. Yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. Well, and so, but so many guys kind of take the offensive on this. We're like, well, what are you talking How about? How dare you? Yeah. Like, what do you need digging my stuff? When my wife's feeling about me and trust towards me is way more important than this phone. Oh, yeah. Could care less about this thing. Throw it away forever. I'd much rather have my wife, you know, and, and her feeling good about us. So hand her. And because of that, and sometimes she would look through it. No problem. That's okay. 
um, answer any questions she had. But now we've come to a point, even in our faith, where that's not even an issue anymore. And it's, it's, it's funny because we built our relationship up to so strong to a point where it's just like, it's not even a thought. Now, if it ever came up to me, I have no problem. So yeah, babe, because I can, I can build her up in that moment and it's fine. And I'm comfortable knowing that I don't make those choices. I don't go out looking for that crap because I'm hanging around the right guys for one. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But I hold myself to a higher standard and, and because of that, I don't go out chasing tail or have that stuff on my phone. No problem handing it to her and say, babe, look, look at what you want. Have your way through my life because what's mine is yours. Yeah. And it's, it's easy. Also on that, like if your daughter picks up your phone and goes through it and yeah. she opens up Instagram and it's nothing but, you know, booty pics and stuff like that. She's going to be like, that's, um, you know, that's what my dad thinks is beautiful or that's what my dad thinks is acceptable. Mm. That gets his attention. And that's something to think about, you yeah. know, like you don't want her to think that that's how she needs to display herself. And so just always kind of keeping in check what you're looking at. You know, you talk about uh, words are powerful. Our thoughts are powerful. What we allow in our lives are power, is very powerful, you know, and, and we are the filter. Like we, we, are the, we have to moderate that ourselves when nobody's looking, and that's that integrity of a man. You know, I see a lot of guys, you hear stories of a lot of guys that, you know, are going through divorce. And anytime you see anyone that's been married for 40 or 50 years, how did you do that? And it's like we worked on everything. We had our, I mean, like, you don't know that grandpa used to chase tail all the time, yeah. you know, for the first three or four years of their marriage. And it, it didn't mean that she was just some submissive wife that, like, just allowed it to happen. Oh, thanks for, you know, pulling me out of the slums. It was that she was, that she loved him and that she worked on it and she did not give up on it and that they constantly worked on things. That's how you see a love that is so deep. You hear these stories of the woman passing after 60 years of marriage and then the man passing two days later. Yeah. You know, you, you hear about this like eternal connection of their souls. And the way they got there is by working through the hard times. You know, instead of just, man, the hell with you. You shouldn't be going through my stuff and then you bounce. Well, man, you just... A a six month inconvenience or something uncomfortable just cost you 60 years of beautiful marriage. Right. You know, having your best friend. Anytime that I hear guys complaining about their wife, or, and it's kind of morbid, but it's like, just picture giving her eulogy. Mm. Picture picture it tomorrow. Like you're, you're up at, you're, you're at her funeral and you're talking about her to everyone that she loves in her life. What would you say about her? How would you feel? And usually that's kind of like, ugh. You know, because that's some deep shit. If I, if I think about that, you know, it's weird to think about stuff like that. Yeah. But it makes me so grateful for my wife. I cannot make, I cannot think about that moment and not just get completely overwhelmed with emotion. Yeah. It, it, uh, it goes to think, and I actually like this. See, anybody... Who was, I think it was a, a podcast, I, Tony Robbins fan, but he brought this up. Somebody asked him the question, like, how are you able to stay so grateful or so thankful? You're, you have such a great plight in life, so great, such a great attitude all the time. And he goes, every morning I get up 
part of his daily routine. He goes, I, I, I meditate, I pray. He goes, but I take myself back to a moment that was such extreme happiness in my life and submerse myself in, back into that moment. So like your marriage day, first day having a kid, whatever the kid may, the case may be. And similar to that, like when you lose somebody, you remember the great things about them, right? Because you want to. That's a natural, like what made you happy about that person? And all of a sudden you start recalling those memories and like, man, he was such a good dude. He was such a good worker. You know, they were so caring. They loved their, their kids so hard, so deeply. And I'm like, that's what you focus on. I'm like, you focus on building those moments. A lot of those bad things start dropping off really quick. You'll be surprised. The insignificant shit. Yeah. And that's, and that's what's so cool is you can allow those to come in. And in those moments, we're like, yeah, it's all of a sudden um, when she has those insecure moments, I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. This is not me getting upset in this moment, right? This is not me getting upset and like, why are you, you know, why are you so insecure? Why are you coming at me about it? This is the, also the woman that gave birth to my daughter. How did I let down my queen in this moment to where she feels that way? Right. And it, yeah, exactly. And so it's like, it, it turns on you like, wait a minute, babe. Like, yeah, here, well, let's talk about this. Like, what's, hey, if you got these issues, that's okay. I want to help you through that. I want to empower you because, like, you can give birth to my daughter. You can do anything. Right. <laughs> you know? I'm like, you put up with my crap. You can do anything. You get a pass. Yeah, you get a pass. <laughs> yeah. We're cool <laughs> on this one thing. I mean, it's, it, it's so, it's just, it's amazing. That's why I like that. So you can go back and just submerge, so like kind of immerse yourself in those moments. And a lot, that's exactly what happens a lot in eulogies. You just, you're recounting this amazing person. And, you know, everything's learned, right? So it, like if we can learn how to be amazing, the same people who learn how to be awful people and they can learn to be amazing too. It means we surround ourselves with awful people. But like if you're hanging out in this big, amazing family and you're calling to people outside of you a lot of times you'll catch them on the outliers that want to come towards that leadership toward towards that influence and see your light that you're giving out and it's just uh it, it's if you can carry that into your marriage that's so huge yeah yeah that's awesome sorry that might have been a lot more than <laughs> no man that was great i mean that's that that's, we're probably going to cut this into two episodes because it's so i mean because i don't want to cut any of it out uh-huh. um all right, so who's your hero? My hero, uh, probably probably my younger brother. Okay. My uh, my brother Casey, he, him and I, best friends. We were middle of three boys. My older brother Clay, I love to death. He was uh, he had a his oldest son early. He was bigger into cars and uh, wanted to go work and do a lot of this. It was just kind of his interest. So he started work early, had had a kid early, and got married early to his wife, still wife, Gina, which I love because they're just testaments of their own battle that they've walked through, and that's a hard time to have a kid early. But they've made it far. But um, my younger brother and I, Casey, we grew up playing sports together, doing everything together, just kind of did a lot. And so we kind of naturally had this uh, big connection. But... Uh, walking or watching him walk through losing his son with his wife was the hardest thing I've ever had to witness in my life. And 
We watched crack turn to craters in our family and some bad things really result from it. And it was just, it was a tough thing. But um, it's, it's something that I talk about, and actually some of my talks is a huge testimony. Is less than 20% of marriages make it past losing a child. And when you add that on top of an over 50% divorce rate in our country already, that's stacking the deck against you big time. And the cool thing is when I start talking about purpose is I use them as an illustration sometimes is uh, they a lot of times what people happen in those situations, you talk to social workers who live on a lot of those, um, who guide a lot of people who are in those and the family members that are in it. Um, a lot of times what happens is they start turning on each other. Yeah. This is why it's less than 20% make it past losing a child in their marriage is because it's so distraught and so much pain comes in is that selfish attitude comes and all of a sudden I'm saying to my spouse, you don't know how I feel. You don't know what it's like. You, you lost, you know, you lost someone, but this was my son or whatever. And all of a sudden they, that wedge comes in deeper and it's not a good place where the cool thing about my brother Casey and his wife, Ashley, is they put their son, Evan, on a purpose level. So what they did is when he passed, even though there was so much pain and so much distraught and like such a crazy place to be in, they made a choice. And I remember talking to him about this the first time, but they made a choice. I'm going to do something that he's going to be proud of. And so he, they, they both essentially switched jobs. Casey switched from uh, um, the Port of Seattle to working for Seattle PD. And um, Ashley's, I think she's working to become a nutritionist. She's a coach at her CrossFit gym and loves that, has a deep passion about that. But they decided together they're going to do something that Evan's going to be proud of, their son's going to be proud of. And with that purpose comes accountability and direction. And so all of a sudden, they're working towards those goals that they think. And now they don't, might not even realize, but they're working in tandem together with towards a goal. And they're walking through this hellish time after they just lost their son, and they just kept walking. And the biggest thing in life is, is not that we can't do something. It's just that we stop in our own tracks. Yeah. We, the fear paralyzes us, deer in the headlights sort of moment. And a moment hits us and we just stop, stop everything. And depression takes over. Other things fill the void and it's not good, but they held them close to the, to the purpose and they just kept per persevering for some reason, just kept walking, not knowing exactly what they're going after, but knew they had a purpose and a goal. They were trying to make him proud in that moment. So they're doing that. And what was so awesome was they're freaked out. In this, they were freaked out. They were scared because when, when this whole thing happened, one of their oncologists had stated over at St. Jude, he was like, I've had parents with multiples, kids with this kind of cancer. Even though it's a, it was like a one in two million chance, he's had parents with multiple cases because it's hereditary. Sure. And they couldn't find the needle in the haystack through all the tests, which drove them even more insane. But they kept that purpose and they kept walking and kept going. But one day, what happened was her doc decided he wanted to change her birth control. And he was like, I want you, uh, I need you on a different pill, but I need you off this other one for a month before you can start this new one. So where I think they easily could have let fear overcome them in that month's time frame, I think they were still staying faithful in that walk and that perseverance. <laughs> but they ended up getting pregnant in that month's time 
And now they have two beautiful baby twin girls mm. that when they look at them, you see this massive joy in their heart and not this massive pain. Yeah. Because they kept Evan, their son, at their, at their purpose level. And they're like, I'm going to make something that makes him proud. And they ended up walking into a gift they had no idea was laying there. And you better believe they're loving like crazy on, the, on those girls. And that's making him way proud big time. And it's just this, it's just this amazing. And I don't remember even why I went into this, but um, but like if you could get anything from that, it's just to keep walking in your life and it's to keep moving because it's just this amazing something incredible can come from that pain that whatever you're walking through right now. And that's that's been a huge thing for me. It's just like that's why he's my hero. Because I saw a guy lead his family through a storm that's the worst you could ever walk through. And come out to the gift on the other side. And he led that. I'm like, that's why that guy's my hero. That's so. a great story, man. <laughs> well, let's wrap it up on that. All right. Cool. Well, brother. <laughs> All right. <Sorry. clears throat> Go deep fast, man. <laughs> Just need to go a little something in my eye. Um, all right, brother. So where can they find you? Where do people get a hold of you? Uh, check me out, CoreyProctor.com. On social media, at Corey Proctor on Twitter and Instagram, at Corey Proctor Official on Facebook. Okay. And uh, go check it out. That's where if you want to look at, have me in for, uh, to speak at your church or faith-based function or corporate function, I, I do a lot of different talks. Um, and it's a lot under the sun, but it, uh, it's, it seems, it's pretty powerful because our pet testimony is powerful. But, uh, but I love doing it. I love igniting people and lighting people up. Um, to using their stories to be their own stepping stones to where they should be. But uh, check me out there. Follow me. I'm a big dummy for the most part, but uh, passionate at the same time. So uh, hopefully I can help somebody out. For sure, man. Yeah. Um, well, you're, I just got to say, man, you're a big presence. Big, you know, you're a giant man, but you're big presence, big voice. But, I mean, I can just, uh, there's so much more than that. Like just I'm so thankful and grateful to be able to spend this time with you connect with you and uh, to be able to get to share some of your story. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it very much. Ah, you're stud, man. I, I love Ryan. We, he, you guys were wrapping it up, but he gave me a book when we first met. I brought it with me. It was strong fathers, strong daughters. He just gave me another copy, but he gave me earlier on and forgot about it, but I had given it to another dad and just, uh, it was cool because you see those kindred spirits, somebody, and he gets his, I don't know if right, but he gets the tattoo, the feather, an extra feather every birthday yeah. for his girl. And it's just, I love seeing that passion. That stuff feeds off me. So like to be on your show, I'm thankful for it. Thank you so much. Well, fellas, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, please visit Corey. Please subscribe. Please leave us reviews. And, uh, um, you know, you don't have to be perfect, but you do have to be present. Just remember that we love runs downhill. We chase those kids until the day we die.